Caleb flexed his biceps at the age of 85 and said, I can still do all that God has given me to do. Let me have my mountain. I don't have to flex my biceps to know I am not as strong as I was when I was 40. But I also know that even though I may be a little slower, I can still do most of the things I did back then. We may be slower, but that is not a reason to stop the pursuit of our dream. I hope you find this message as inspiring as I did so that you will continue to pursue your upward call of God. Paul said that he wanted to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Not that he'd already attained it, but it's something he was striving for. What are you striving for today? Where are your dreams? What would you want to see happen in your life? <clears throat> Most of us above the age of 80, uh, yeah, I, I bought glasses, they haven't helped. Most of us above the age of 60 can remember when we thought 30 was the old age. Here we are now into our 70s and beyond, an age that some of us probably never expected to reach. We've got people in this congregation who have made it into the so-called gravy decade of their 80s. <clears throat> and most of them show no signs of antiquity. We may feel the aches and pains of living with an aged body, but most of us are still getting up in the morning and looking forward to what the day might bring. We go through our day and when we lie down in bed at night, we're grateful for another day and another night's rest. I remember after my dad retired from civil service, he told me one time, he says, I don't know how I ever found time to go to work. He was very busily occupied with things up until the last couple of years of his life when dementia took over. But there was always something going on, something new to be done, something that needed to be achieved. So yes, we may slow down somewhat. We may plunge into our day with not quite as much gusto as we have when we were in our 30s. But there's nothing telling us that we should quit. We all should still be dreaming, planning, trying to accomplish new things, taking on new challenges. Beth recently completed master gardening class, took on a new challenge, made it through, learned some things, and now she's one of our go-to resources when we're trying to find out about stuff, took on something new. Do you recall what it was like when you were younger and you were going after what you wanted? Do you remember the excitement of being alive? There's no reason that should ever leave us, the excitement. Regardless of the jokes that we tell about ourselves and about aging and the moaning and groaning that we do with our friends, there should be a, how do the French say it, joie de vie, 
The joy of living, the joy of life should always be there. There is an inspirational story in the Bible which should give us the encouragement that we need. In Joshua chapter 14, verses 7 through 11, we read of Caleb speaking to Joshua. And he says, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said, these 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now, behold, I am this day, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then for war and for going and coming. Caleb had lived with a dream in his heart all those 45 years. A lot of obstacles along the way. But he had seen what he wanted and was confident that he could have it. Even with all those obstacles, he never lost sight of what he wanted. How many people give up when they hit their first obstacle? How many use the excuse that it was probably not worthwhile after all? There's probably not a person within the sound of my voice who hasn't had a dream of some sort, a dream of achievement, but then lost sight of it along the way. Life takes over. Things change. What is it that holds us back? What is it that keeps us from pressing forward? Or as Paul said, pressing on. I don't know that there is one specific reason as an answer to that question. There's probably as many reasons as there are dreams. However, there is one thing for sure that is true for every single person who has never achieved their dreams. One thing. They quit. Giving up before the dream is achieved. The numerous stories we know of people who have just come short and quit just before reaching it. Now, there's an interesting proverb in the Bible that we should consider in this light. In Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 16, it says, For the righteous falls seven times and rises again. Why? Why does the righteous person fall so many times? Are you ready for this? Because he gets up again. He gets up again and goes after it some more. Failure is part of the learning process. And you're not a failure until you quit. Now, I don't know much about horses. I should have cleared this with Kathy before... 
this morning, but I've often heard that after you've been thrown from a horse, the only way to conquer your fear and the horse is to get back on. All the great stories of success are stories of failure after failure after failure. I don't know if any of you ever remember the pro basketball player Michael Jordan, but remembering that he was cut from his team when he first started to learn to play. The boy could not play basketball. Now he is known as the greatest player of all time. Leonard DeGraff, an archivist at the Thomas Edison National Historical Park, has written this. He said, Edison's not a guy that looks back. Didn't we just read that in Philippians? Paul said, forgetting what lies behind. Edison's not a guy that looks back. Even for his biggest failures, he didn't spend a lot of time wringing his hands and saying, oh my God, we spent a fortune on that. Instead, he said, we had fun spending it. Paul looked back on his past and said, I forget all that. All of it's gone. All that stuff was gained to me, but it's gone. I don't need it. Edison's outlook on life always came from a positive viewpoint. He didn't spend any time in the mully grubs bemoaning his mistakes. We've all made mistakes. We've all had things that we wish we had a chance to do over again. But we don't have that chance. The only chance we've got is to get up and move forward with what we've learned. When it came to the invention of the electric light bulb, Edison tried more than 10,000 things to use as a filament inside that bulb. When asked about these failures, this is what he said. I have not failed 10,000 times. I've successfully found 10,000 ways that will not work. <laughs> what an outlook. Our outlook on life has much to do with our success and happiness. It's our outlook, not the things that happen to us. And we recently considered this proverb in Chapter 15 and verse 13, a glad heart makes a cheerful face, but by sorrow of heart the spirit is crushed. The glad heart is the result of making a choice. We choose. I get asked every day on Facebook at least 10 times, sometimes more than 20, how are you? And I tell them, super good. And a couple of days ago, I had one re respond back says, how can you feel good when so many are in pain? Well, it's simple. It's a choice. I choose to start my day feeling good about it. It's a choice that we have. We get to choose how we will handle the things that happen to us. Negative things happen. Bad things happen. Destructive things happen. But we get to choose how we feel about it. Our first initial emotion, yes, is negative. It's sad, it's anger, it's frustration, whatever it is. But we don't have to stay there. And too many people spend the rest of their life in that place of frustration, of negativity, about something that happened 30 years ago. It's over with, it's done, it's past, it's gone. It's a part of who you are today but you're still living with what happened then 
rather than using it as Paul said, I count all things as dung, it says in the King James. You know what dung is? It's fertilizer to help things grow. Your past is fertilizer to you. All the mistakes you've made are geared up towards moving forward and accomplishing things. We can feel guilty. We can feel remorse. We can feel sad. We can regret the things born out of our foolish ignorance. Raise your hand if you never did something stupid. No hands go up. Or we can choose to see all the things of our past, both, both the good and the bad, as a blessing in our life the way the Apostle Paul did. He said, as to being a righteous Hebrew, he was perfectly righteous. As to zeal, persecuting the church that he was trying to build now. That's a negative thing. It was in his past. He had a pedigree beyond that of any of the other apostles before him. But neither his status before Christ or after coming to the Lord affected his main pursuit, which he said in, in verses 4 through 8, Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day, perfectly according to the law. I love the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. He could trace his lineage. A Hebrew of Hebrews, both his parents. It wasn't a mixed marriage of religion. As to the law, he was a Pharisee. That meant he knew the law inside out. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss. That's where he says it's dumb. Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, dung, in order that I may gain Christ. Not that I have already obtained this. Now, wasn't he a Christian? Yeah, but he was looking for more. I'm not already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. The Lord has made you his own. And he goes on to say, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it on my own, but one thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, Straining forward to what lies ahead. If you saw the movie uh, Chariots of Fire, when Abrams was learning to run and had that one race one time, he looked to the side and he lost the race. It was one of the trial runs. It wasn't a major race. But his coach, Sam, pointed out to him that when you just look aside, you lose a half a step. And among the elite like that, a half a step is costly. When you look behind, you're losing ground. You cannot be moving forward as well if you look ahead. So he's straining forward to what lies ahead. 
I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul knew, he knew that there was something more to the Christian life than just getting saved so he could go to heaven. I've told y'all more than once that I have no fear of hell and I'm not motivated by heaven. I'm having too much fun being a Christian in this life. There's an upward call of God available for each and every person in this life. Caleb experienced it, went after it, and achieved it at 85 years of age. He had lived that long without his dream being fulfilled. There is no one who is listening to me today who is too old to go after their dream. Willie, how long have you been working on that car to see that thing fulfilled? Maybe someday, but it's still in process, isn't it? You haven't tossed in the towel, have you? No, going to see that car. You're not too old, too weak, too sore, too crippled, too ignorant, or too tired to be able to achieve what you want. You got a dream. You go after it. I can say this because I am well aware of how it is done. We recently read in our Thursday Bible study from Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6. Then he said to me, this is the word of the Lord, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's not by our strength or the lack thereof. As being the reason why we do not achieve whatever condition we want. We raise our vision and our understanding and our belief to align with the truth that God has laid before us. When we know the reality of how things are done in this life, we can let go of all small defeatist thinking. Things are done in the way that Paul says here because it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. God places those desires in your heart. He places the dreams in your heart. Lauren decided she wanted to be a substitute teacher in the school system. Went after it and got it, didn't you? Go after what you want. God has placed that dream in your heart, and it is God who is reminding you today that He has always been ready to help you whenever you are ready to pursue it. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you had a dream at one time to know the Lord and the power of His resurrection the way that Paul describes. Who can imagine what that must be like? He wrote in Corinthians and said, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. If you can think it, that ain't it. 
If you can envision it, that ain't it. If you can talk about it, you still ain't, cannot encompass the greatness, the magnitude, the majesty of what God has prepared for you in this life. But it is a desire that moves me, it motivates me, gives me reason to continue with all that he has given me. Let it be the same for you. Therefore, I encourage you, adopt Caleb's attitude and say, I am well able. How old was Grandma Moses when she painted her first first painting and became famous? I've read somewhere she was 82 years old with her first painting. Begin today to fan into flame whatever dream you may have had that maybe it has died over the years. But if it's still there, there's an ember there. And the scripture says that he will not put out even a smoking flax. If there's the slightest ember, he can fan it into a flame. You can do this. You can do what God's put into your heart. And when I get home today, I'm probably going to listen to this again. <laughs>